0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.
0: You're listening to the Momwell Podcast. Today, I am excited to welcome Kareen Carmi, co founder and CEO of Origin, to the show. Origin is a pelvic floor startup that's dedicated to making physical therapy more accessible. Many moms have reached out to me to express frustration that they were never prepared for the physical aspects of birth, how to push, what tearing would mean for them, or what the path to recovery should look like. And when we're in the thick of postpartum, we're often coping with pain, discomfort, and a struggle to even go to the bathroom by ourselves. Even positive birth experiences can leave us with damage to our pelvic floor, but so often we're conditioned to think that it's just normal, That incontinence and pain are just part of life for moms, and we should just accept it. Between that perception and the stigma around reproductive health, it's no wonder that so many moms don't seek help for their pelvic floor dysfunction. But Origin is trying to change that through education, resources, and accessible care. Today, Karine and I discuss the underrepresentation of women in the medical world, the stigma and taboo around sexual and reproductive health, and why moms avoid seeking support. We also unpack the long-term effects of pelvic floor dysfunction and how to take control of your health. But before diving in, I'd like to take a moment to share with you an endorsement for my upcoming book, Releasing the Motherload, How to Carry Less and Enjoy Motherhood More. This is what Dr. Katherine Berndorf, co-founder and CEO of the Motherhood Center, had to say about the book. Erica Jossa's new book is a thoughtful and straightforward guide to helping moms everywhere find their inner GPS. Because releasing the motherlode is as much about letting go of unrealistic expectations as it is about learning who you are and where your values come from. Thank you so much Dr. Catherine for this endorsement and your support throughout this project. It means the world to me. Releasing the motherlode hits shelves on April 9th and you can pre-order your copy now and access special pre-order bonuses at ericajossa.com. That's E-R-I-C-A-D-J-O-S-S-A dot com. Now let's hear my conversation with Karin Carmi, co-founder and CEO of Origin. When was the last time you truly felt like yourself? If you're not sure about the answer, it's time to think about your mental health. As moms, we often put ourselves on the back burner. From the moment our babies are born, our days and nights are full of responsibility leaving it hard to sleep well, eat properly, exercise, or take care of ourselves. The more we neglect our own needs, the worse our mental health can become, leading to depression, anxiety, or other mental health struggles. But your mental health matters. We know you're busy, so we make it as simple as possible to connect with a therapist. Our qualified maternal mental health specialists are here to support moms across Canada and the United States. It's time to put yourself back on the priority list. Find out if we serve your area and book a free 15-minute virtual consultation at momwell.com slash booking. That's momwell.com slash booking. Welcome to the MomWell podcast, where we're committed to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host, registered psychotherapist and founder of MomWell, Erica Jossa. At MomWell, we know that motherhood is hard, but care shouldn't be. We're committed to providing you with knowledge, tools, and support to navigate the challenges of motherhood. Our mission is to put moms back on the priority list and empower them to create a mental wellness toolbox free from judgment, fear, and shame. On the show, we'll be discussing topics such as postpartum depression, identity loss, the mental load of motherhood, and more. We'll be joined by experts, moms, and professionals who can offer advice, practical tips, relatable stories, and honest conversations. Here at MomWall, we believe that when a mom is well, a baby is well. So join us as we discuss the topics that matter to you with experts who get it. Together, we can redefine motherhood and change the way moms are treated. Green, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I recently have become acquainted with Origin and Allison on your team, and love what you're all up to. So appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really curious how one starts down a pelvic floor startup. Like I gotta hear, there's gotta be a story here because. Is that your background? Are you a clinician? Is this something you're just super passionate about? How did the makings of origin come to be?
2: Yeah, I did not even know I had a pelvic floor until my 30s. So this was a very kismet opportunity. Actually, I've started my career in healthcare and technology. I've been working in startups for over 15 years and have built companies in 3D printing and digital healthcare. And in my early 30s, I did what a lot of people do and just pull the plug on my life and make a lot of changes um, when you realize you're not living in alignment. And I moved back down to L.A. where I grew up and reconnected with an old friend of mine, Nona, who's now one of our co-founders. And she was going to a pelvic floor PT practice here in L.A. because she had just given birth and was experiencing all these issues that really no one prepares you for after you have a child, like you know, you have bladder leakage, you can't sit comfortably in your chair, you might have painful sex. And so she was getting care at this local clinic. And I had actually had a history of painful sex for almost a decade at that point. Mm, mm -hmm. I'd been living in New York. Back when it started, it kind of came out of nowhere after I had an infection. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was even getting care at Cornell Med, and I was still not referred to pelvic floor PT, which I know now, you know, is the standard. And I think at the time, over a decade ago now, it just wasn't as ubiquitous. The research is very clear, but the access to providers, especially those who take insurance, is still a big challenge. And so I was just told, like, you know, hopefully it'll go away or try this cream. Right. (laughs) Flash forward, I said, Nona, you're going to this clinic. I wonder if it can help me. And I started getting care. And in just two sessions, I had a clear understanding of what was happening in my body. I had a plan Mm -hmm. of care. Mm -hmm. I learned how to breathe properly, which is one of the number one (laughs) exercises I had to learn to kind of relax my pelvic floor. And um, I haven't really experienced those issues since even postpartum this year, which was really, you know, something I was scared about. So yeah, very... Life changing. And um, my experience is not unique. You know, one in three adult women have pelvic floor dysfunction, and most don't get treated. And we can talk about all the reasons why. And so we partnered with that local clinic and built what is now the foundation for Origin.
0: Oh, so interesting. There's so many people who are going to hear that story and really relate to it, especially in our community. We were just having a conversation in stories this past weekend or the weekend before where. Someone had said, sent me a message and we shared it in stories and it sparked this whole conversation. I wish I had known that through vaginal delivery, that the recovery process could be so difficult. Yeah. Like I thought that, oh, Caesarean, because it's a surgery, we'll have some recovery time or whatever. But I was not prepared for at all the recovery that I was going to have through my vaginal delivery. Yeah. And many people sort of chimed in and built on top of that conversation. Like I was sent home with a third degree tear or a fourth degree tear. And I wasn't Uh, even told that it was to that degree, mm -hmm. you know? So they come home, maybe first time parents and realizing like how much pain they're in and trying to even just like use the bathroom where basic functions are so uncomfortable while healing during that time thinking, oh, is this just what everybody goes through? Because they weren't like flagged down or really told otherwise. Yeah. It's a really prevalent issue for, mm. especially I think in the pregnancy postpartum period, but I'm, I'm sure beyond in a lot of other ways.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm getting emotional hearing these and I've, this is unfortunately what happens to every single person for the most part when they give birth in this country. It is insane that we don't prepare women for labor and delivery, you know, beyond the basics of what's going to happen in that room no one is taught how to push how to connect to their pelvic floors what it even means to think about that recovery and for every other surgery or you know really medical procedure you have prehab you have posthab right you know we need to be empowering women however and people with vaginal anatomy anyone who's delivering with the information ideally before they give birth i think the model of what we've seen with mental health in the perinatal period is actually really powerful because you start talking about postpartum anxiety and depression before you give birth right yeah. so you're primed to understand okay if these are issues I experience I know what to do ideally you even might have a therapist lined up if you start to have those problems or maybe your doctor can refer you to someone but it's ideally not the first time you learn about it is when you're in the depths of you know a challenge after you give birth and the same is true about your physical recovery it's really critical to understand what to expect because lack of expectation, lack of control is really one of the biggest stressors that we have as individuals in any part of our lives. And then you layer in hormones (laughs) and change Mm -hmm. and the reality of becoming a mother or having a second or third child. And it can be, you know, next level. You know, I had so much information coming in because of the work that I do. And even I was nervous. And so I can only imagine what people are experiencing when they are having these issues. And to your point, are not even being told this is what you're experiencing. And then unfortunately, you flash forward if you don't know that this is a health issue, whether that's incontinence or tearing or prolapse you could live your life thinking this is your new normal, that this is your body, Mm -hmm. that you can no longer run, or you can no longer laugh because you might pee your pants, or you can no longer have sex with your partner because maybe it'll be painful. Um, And then years pass. And like all other muscle conditions, if you don't have treatment, you can get into this pain response cycle. So I can just can go on, but I'm, I'm, livid that this is the standard of care in the U.S., but I'm also really hopeful that we have change on the horizon. And it's already starting in part, you know, we have hundreds of doctors we work with all over the country around maternity, but more beyond. And And I think there's a deep willingness and desire to support patients in a much more holistic way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw in the report the state of public health care report, Yeah. the parallels that you had drawn between the awareness of maternal mental health and how that is growing and how more people are seeking care as a result yeah. and sort of the same wave starting to slowly come through with the pelvic floor physio because we think back to even our parents' generation, my mom's generation, yeah, and maternal mental health was not a thing in her world or space, right? And I was even as a clinician with seven years education and 10 years of clinical practice, didn't even know maternal mental health was a thing right. until I went through my own experience. And that's how I niched down in my field and where MomWell came from, right? And so still such like an underserviced or like lack of awareness around these issues, Mm -hmm. but gaining more traction from like our parents generation because I don't know that my mom would even know what a pelvic floor physiotherapist was if I were to talk to her about it. Where I do feel like, and maybe I'm in this mom motherhood labor delivery space a lot that I hear a lot about it and that's my bias, maybe, but I do hear about it a lot more women referring other women or letting them know, hey, you don't have to live with that. You can see somebody. Yeah. But it is a real push to like educate people. And I think that there's like a number of reasons for this and we can hash it out. Like we didn't even test period products with real blood until 2023. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like women have been underrepresented in research and healthcare. Uh. We didn't fully map the clitoris until it was like 1990 or something in the 90s. It just like puts my jaw on the floor (laughs) how the female anatomy or like woman's experience is not represented in healthcare at all. Yeah, And then that much more marginalized communities or BIPOC women or things like, oh man, there's just so much there that I'm sure that I could soapbox about all day long it's amazing that we're gaining this traction. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, there's like a grief there that like, man, all these people suffered without this support. Like this is Mm -hmm. crummy that we've gone this long, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's absurd to your point that women's health research and just even the services that are offered or are frankly covered by insurance are still the state that we are at today. And I think about the pelvic floor and, you know, it might seem niche to people if you don't know what these words mean, but it's literally the center of your body, right? We've not talked about or understood or named our body parts as women or men. You know, men also have pelvic floors. No one talks about the fact that one in nine men have pelvic floor dysfunction. They can have pain with sex, with ejaculation. They can have urinary problems. Like all of these issues are just Really, part of our day to day lives. And if we don't start destigmatizing talking about sexual body parts, even if they're not used in the context of sex, I think we're doing a really big disservice to everyone. You know, I have a newborn, and so I'm not talking to her about this stuff yet, but I'm trying to be much more intentional about the language I use around parts because, you know, if you just call it down there, that creates this separation. And we have to really deeply connect to our bodies because whether it's You know, our pelvic floors, our jaws, all the places we hold stress and tension, the more we disassociate, the more we create these cycles that require repair and healing over time. But to your point, I do think there is grief and there's shame and there's stigma. And so in some ways, we're seeing a generational shift happen. And over the last five years alone, we've seen a 300% increase in search volume for pelvic floor Mm, therapy. And I think COVID had a lot to do with it. A lot of people were at home. TikTok you know, emerged. People, I guess it was already around, but people started really using it. And the number of people who are turning now to social media versus providers for the first touch of information around what's going on with me and my body is just exponential. And there's some risk with that, obviously, because the internet can be a great place and it can be a scary place. So we have to make sure we're kind of crowding out the misinformation with really strong evidence-based clinical information. And that's a lot of our mission is just getting real content out there that's educational and informative. So even if you're not ready to start a care journey, at minimum, you know what's going on, you know that there's hope, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's one of the most critical things. You know, the fact that the pelvic floor is so responsible for much more than just sexual function, right? It's literally holding up our organs. It's responsible for core stability. We really need to talk about these body parts, not just in the context of sex, but really around whole body health. And that's why I think using the real language and providing real clinical evidence-based information is so important.
0: As busy moms, the last thing we need is more on our to-do list. It's hard enough to remember who needs what packed for school, when the next doctor's appointment is, and when to register for events, let alone remembering to call and cancel subscriptions that drain your finances every month. That's why Rocket Money is so great. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you notice something that you don't want, Rocket Money can help you cancel it with a few taps. They even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you. Feeding the family is one of the most all-consuming parts of the invisible load. Meal planning, shopping, trying to balance nutrition, finding the time to actually cook with little ones needing your focus and attention can be so stressful. But Factor makes it easy. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals take the mental load off your plate, providing pre-prepared, chef-crafted meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to select from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and more. You can even choose from over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, including snacks and smoothies. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. The meals are 100% ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. That means no cooking and no cleanup, which is great for busy moms. You can choose the schedule that works for you and your family. Choosing 6 to 18 meals per week and pausing or rescheduling your deliveries is quick and easy. Reclaim some time and reduce your mental load with Factor. Head to factormeals.com momwell50 and use the code momwell50 to get 50% off. That's code momwell50 at factormeals.com momwell50 to get 50% off. One of the things that's really interesting to me about origin versus like the PT that I saw during pregnancy is like one, okay, I don't really love people all up in my space. Like, I don't know that anyone loves that. And I think that as women, we have so many thoughts about our bodies, Mm -hmm. insecurities, fears, worries, stigmas, maybe even. So there are things that may keep us from going to see somebody in person. Mm -hmm. And then I think that there are also things that... Maybe from a, I'm curious to know how your telehealth works, but like from a telehealth perspective, we may not even be comfortable with our own bodies to do an assessment when walked through. And I had an interesting experience recently where I had some apparently very common type of cyst in a gland that was like in that region. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? I'm going to have to go see my We call them GPs here. My primary care doctor, who is a male who I do not want all up in my space, he reminds me of like my father in law, and I just don't (laughs) want to go there. This is so awkward, you know. But I'm thinking, in that case, I'm okay to feel around and see what's going on, but I also don't know what the frick I'm looking for. Like, I don't know, and nor Mm -hmm. have I been taught much about my anatomy to know, like, should this be there, should this not be there? Is this normal, is this not normal? like with this pelvic floor health, because it is such a intimate part of our bodies, it feels like there's a real like stigma or something Mm -hmm. that is a barrier here. And would you say that's accurate?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it really depends culturally for people. So, you know, there's folks all over the spectrum of comfort. And I would say usually if you're not as comfortable, there has to be a reason where you might want to get that care, right? You might be at that mm-hmm. point to say, okay, I've been living with this issue for far too long. I really want to be able to run again. I really want to be able to have sex again and experience pleasure. Or I want to not fear this thing called prolapse or or even just hip and back pain, right? So Usually there's a compelling reason that's a healthcare concern. It's with any medical issue. A lot of people avoid the doctor, (laughs) to your point, for many, many reasons, but it's definitely exacerbated in, in public health because of that level of intimacy. Our clinical team has done an amazing job in both establishing care protocols and training our whole team on how to create safe spaces for our patients. So whether that's virtually or in person, how do you ease along with the patient Knowing that you know, one in four women have experienced sexual assault or trauma, and right. there's so much more behind every story that someone might take three to four sessions before they're actually even willing to engage in anything self-touch related. And that's mm-hmm. okay. And mm-hmm. there's a lot we can do and we can learn that's not manual therapy, so hands-on therapy oriented. Yeah. We actually think that education is one of the most important healthcare interventions we have. And so sometimes virtual PT might just be a conversation, right? But understanding your body is the first step towards getting onto your ultimate path for care and healing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see how when it comes to the trauma-informed care mm-hmm. piece, right? Like we just don't know. And I hear a lot about this even in like the labor and delivery space. And anytime we're really interacting with somebody like physically and we don't know what their history has been. I imagine if they are coming in as a result of like a birth trauma or like going uh, a little sideways or unexpected, there's probably a lot of like big feelings that come up in these sessions as well, I can imagine, because if it is the result of like a trauma or something that has gone in a way that it's been unexpected. So I saw in your report sort of that correlation with the burnout of providers, because I can see how that would overlap they spend a significant amount of time with them.
2: Yeah. And they're hearing about real life details, right? Yeah. I think one of the most important things we can do as a company and as an industry is really continue to invest in support and structures to reduce the factors that contribute to burnout and also enable our PTs to have the tools and the micro tools to be able to kind of support themselves along the way. Liz Miracle, who's one of our leading clinicians and leads of our education and quality, She talks a lot about how she has a practice between patients, especially in person, where she uses her time of hand washing, which is, you know, 30 seconds or longer. I forgot how long you're supposed to wash your hands for. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's her moment to actually clear the experience that she just had and create space for both herself and then the next patient. And, you know, Mm -hmm. different PTs, different doctors, you know, in any setting tend to have different techniques that work for them. But ultimately, we do have to hold space for patients as a company, as providers. And so the more that we can do to create the underlying environment that makes that possible, the better. Although the reality is that the stuff is hard mm-hmm. and, you know, we're not just lifting up the experience of individuals, but we're trying to remove centuries of shame and stigma and the trauma associated with being told that, you know, you should just be living with pain as women.
0: Right. And if they've been dismissed exactly. or hystericalized by the medical system up until coming to see you, this might be yeah. the first validating experience that they've had yeah. acknowledging their pain or their tension or you know their discomfort. And that's a really hard piece. I've worked with so many women, whether it's been like their C-section has adhered to like their uterine wall, yeah. and they've found one particular OB who will listen to the pain that they're in, or mm-hmm. various things when it comes to our bodies where it gets dismissed, or it's endometriosis or something, as you yeah. mentioned, and Ugh. and it's just they're not getting the care or the ears, and I don't know, and this is where. With like mom well, and I'm sure like with origin where you dream big and you're like, I really like foresee a standard of care one of these days where we just like hold mom in like her entirety, like yeah. in all the places that postpartum she needs that support, right? Like whether it's mental health or the pelvic floor physio, the feeding support that she needs to establish feeding in whatever yeah. way she chooses, like there should just be a holistic team of support here that yeah. mom gets opted into in our system not having to like flounder her way through because she fell off a care cliff and is trying to navigate by herself.
2: No, exactly. And, you know, I I think I mentioned to you, I had a daughter at the end of last year, so she's almost one. And so I went through all of this very fresh. And even with the support and the privilege that I have and the resources I have being in LA and with my family nearby, you know, it is so much and we have to create those structures so that people don't have to navigate this and stitch it together on their own we used to give birth in community and that's not happening as much anymore. And so even just the ideas of who is supposed to care for the child and you know support the mother during that recovery process is really critical. And I think obviously we're talking a lot about motherhood and that's a, a pivotal point where I think we are confronted with the reality of the fact that we have a pelvic floor, even if you deliver <laughs> BSD section. Right. But these issues and this need, I think to support the whole body needs and the whole mind needs of women is through every stage of life. You know, we're treating patients who are athletes and their teens who are already experiencing incontinence mm. and, you know, that's a big impact for them or you might have endo or fibroids in your 20s. And whether you have the diagnosis, you could have pelvic pain. And then you go to menopause, right? Where yeah. one in two women experiencing menopause experience vaginal atrophy. And so their muscles are weakening. If you've given birth and you haven't treated or been you know, given the opportunity to work with your pelvic floor and regain muscle strength, these issues that were maybe minor or somewhat problematic can become much worse. And then mm-hmm. you fast forward to what's happening to many geriatric patients where they're ending up in assisted living because of pelvic floor dysfunction. And so mm-hmm. we have to think about the whole life spectrum and the fact that motherhood is this important entry point into potential care and healing and recovery. And I always like to tell you know, our patients and our community, there's never a too late to get started. Because mm-hmm. I think there's also this frustration of like, oh, well, the medical system failed me. And then now you're telling me it's been 20 years, like, mm-hmm. what can I do now? And, and I mm-hmm. do think that, you know, there's never too late for one deep connection to your own body, and also muscle repair and healing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's encouraging to hear because there might be those listening who they've been dismissed or they haven't received that care or things might change. Oh, I don't remember. There was this statistic I was reading about incontinence like several years after baby. I can't remember Mm -hmm. what the variables were, but it was like a likelihood of incontinence later on based on I don't know if it's this type of delivery or trauma during birth, but Mm -hmm. like as they're on the lookout for things that continue to develop as a result of maybe delivery or just aging and lovely aging and the things that, that we all come up against, it's good to know that it's not something that we missed that opportunity on. If your house is anything like mine, breakfast is the most frantic meal of the day. We all wanna start the day off with a wholesome meal for our kids, but the time crunch makes it difficult. Magic Spoon helps relieve the morning rush with tasty cereals high in protein for a great start to the day. Magic Spoon offers a variety pack with four delicious flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And it has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Each Magic Spoon cereal is made with wholesome ingredients and no artificial flavors or dyes. And since it's gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free, it's great for a variety of dietary needs. Go to magicspoon.com momwell to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MOMWELL at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money. No questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash momwell and use the code momwell to save $5.
2: Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is going to Aruba
0: In the report, it's beautiful, by the way. I just appreciate the origin branding so much. Thank you. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was the 10 reasons women don't seek care for pelvic floor dysfunction. And Mm -mm. we've talked about a couple of them here already. Yeah. But if we can maybe rhyme through some of those, because I think that what happens when we get put on to something that we should do, or we find out about something, we can kind of internalize and go to guilt and kick ourselves and really get hard on ourselves. And I think that these also help to take it outside of ourselves and see that there are a lot of things that don't really set us up in these supports the way that we should have. And it's not about us doing something wrong in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So if we could go through those, I would
2: appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of summarize high level and we can dive into any of these. But yeah, of course. You know, there's there's a couple structural barriers, right? So the fact that we don't even know and have language around pelvic floor means that while you might say, Oh, I have shoulder pain, I should go to the PT for that, if there's a lack of knowledge about one, what is this body part? And two, that there's a, you know a healing path available to you. Right. That's probably one of the biggest barriers, although it's changing and there's a lot more information. You know, it was in Sex and the City this year. Celebrities are speaking about, about these issues. More so. social
0: media platforms and yeah. seeing and things. There's more normalization coming to the topic. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's this theme of topics around, okay, I might have these issues, but maybe it's taboo. I don't want to talk about it. Maybe I'm embarrassed or there's shame around these issues or even just thinking that's just the way it is. You know, we hear mm. that phrase a lot. And I think there's a generational pressure around that, whether it's in public floor or, you know, so many things that, you know, our parents' generation just accepted for various reasons. We're having resistance to that, you know, generationally, but that's just the way it is or the perception because you're not having conversations with your doctor, because there wasn't a conversation in school around what these topics meant can be self-reinforcing. And so that's kind of a couple of those connective tissues. I think there's also some self-blame that can happen. You know, it's because I had this kind of sexual intercourse or because of my body weight or because of Mm,
1: the way that I gave
2: birth, you know, you can have some self-blame happening. And that obviously breaks my heart. And I'm excited to see we can help patients understand that there is no self-blame required here that there's always a path to healing. Mm -hmm. And then I would say there's a lot around the structural pieces of one, potentially your doctor not referring you, Mm -hmm. which we're seeing shift a lot. A lot of OBs in the US at least are now really looking for pelvic floor PTs to refer to, but there are some access limitations as well. So we know that about 80% of PTs who offer this care are doing so without taking insurance. I totally understand why they have to do that for their own businesses. It's hard to take insurance. But if you're spending two to $300 a session, that's not going to be accessible to most people. Maybe you can go to one or a handful if that, right? And most people mm-hmm. cannot afford that kind of health care. Most people can't afford the surprise medical bill. And so this category of care has gone from a must-have to a nice-have when it's not really covered by insurance. Right, And then I think... You spoke to one of the issues, which is the fear of what it's going to feel like or look like.
0: Mm.
2: And so I was like, "Oh, I hate going to the doctor for my annual exam. They're going to put my legs up in stirrups and use a specula." That's not what happens in pelvic floor PT. It's a if you need to have internal work, there's always consent and it's always at your own pace, and there's no metal rods, you know, poking and prodding <laughs> in, mm-hmm. your, uh, in your in mm-hmm. your vagina. So I think you know we could go deeper into any of these, but those are some of the issues that are preventing people from getting care explicitly or implicitly.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like that education piece, and this is what I find also with maternal mental health. It's like, if we don't know that there is an issue, if we don't know to be on the lookout for the issue and we don't know that there is like a specific solution like to the issues or the high risk time that we're facing, Mm -hmm. then we just don't know. And we like white knuckle it through without any understanding that this isn't just dismissed as, oh, this is what motherhood is or however, right? And I think that that's a lot of what happens is we just don't know. And here in Canada, so I'm, I'm just outside of the Toronto area, our primary care doctor is the hub or the gatekeeper of yeah. our referral system to all other professionals. Not pelvic floor, we can self-refer to those, but like mm-hmm. like an OB or a, like right. any specialist or MD within the, our medical system. Mm-hmm. And so what I find here, it's pretty fragmented where a medical doctor will refer within the medical system. Mm-hmm. So maybe like to an OB or a specialist, like a surgeon or a urologist, something along those lines. But they don't really make that connection or make the referrals out to that like pelvic floor physio right. or like what we would call these more like paramedical mm-hmm. or ancillary type services mm-hmm. because they're not a part of our system in the same way. So it becomes very like fragmented, it feels like. Right. And there is no real extreme line of care for mom and in, in all those aspects. So, yeah. Being able to opt in and self-refer and having, I guess, the social media voices and various people like championing the cause is helpful because yeah. then we're getting more of these self-referrals, we're getting more of that awareness and people are realizing that they don't just have to live with these issues.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think American healthcare is complex and a mess and I'm sure it sounds like Canada also has it's challenges, right? And maybe there's a little bit more right. structural support, but it's still so dependent on who is that first point of contact. Right. And what doors do they open for you? Yeah. But, you know, in the same way that we're seeing a resurgence and almost a renaissance of mainly millennial women who are stepping up, like you and me, saying, Okay, this doesn't exist. We're gonna build it. You have a lot of people saying, Okay, I need this and I'm not willing to wait anymore. And, you know, the first form of this. Say what you will about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. But, you know, that theme and thread of company really helped elevate this conversation into the fact that like, okay, there is self-care available for this part of our bodies and this part of our lives. There's obviously a lot of uninformed, non-scientific, you know, things that they're purporting. But at the same time, I'm just happy to see this conversation enter the mainstream. And women have had to stitch together care for their whole bodies and their minds, you know, for so long. Mm. I really want us to be careful with not shaming folks who decide to go outside the traditional system. Like, let's just get them access. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hopefully over time, they can get access to even higher quality of care.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I really appreciate what Origin is doing. You guys are in several states, you are virtual across all of the U.S. Is that Mm -hmm. right? In terms of
2: locations? Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so for those who might be listening or might want to engage with Origins services, what might be a first step for them?
2: I am such a fan of our blog because there's so much free educational content there. And a really great entry point into just understanding your body. If you're hearing these words and you're like, I don't know if this is right for me, that's really, really critical. And we also have a quiz that you can take online just to understand, I might be having some of these issues. Is this pelvic floor dysfunction or not? You know, it's not a medical screener, but it'll just help you get to the point of saying, these are the types of conversations I want to be able to have with my provider. So I think the quiz or the blog are really just great educational tools you can use to empower yourself. You can also go on Instagram where we have a lot of really great content as just an entry point. If you're excited about, you know, maybe starting a journey, book an appointment. We also have coaching appointments for those who are outside of the states where we have direct access care. And it's a really helpful way just to start to understand, okay, where am I in my journey and what is the right care plan for me and how do I go forward? And we talked a little bit about virtual care, but I'm such a big fan of telehealth in this context. Because more than manual therapy, we need to be educating, right? And this is the best entry point. There's a lot you could read online, including on our website. And that's a great starting point. But then also understand what's relevant to me and lots of different ways that these issues can present. So working with a licensed provider can really help you understand exactly where you are in your journey. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like it gives you some of the skills that you need and the tools that you need to continue with the plan or you're empowered in a whole different way in your care in that instance when being coached through something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've been raised in a pretty conservative. We talk about on around the podcast sometimes my uh, unpacking of all my evangelical <laughs> upbringing and things. So the idea of being so up and close with my body is something that I wouldn't have encountered in my twenties or really entertained. But now, yeah. you know, being able to see the value and just being empowered in knowing ourselves and having the tools and being able to, I don't know, take some of that care into our own hands just feels really empowering to be able to have those skills and to do it in a really non-judgmental environment where someone can coach you through it. Yeah. And like you said, in that safe space where it's
2: non-judgmental. So exactly.
0: Yeah. No, I really value that
2: and I appreciate that. I'm in the same camp. If you had told me I'd be the one talking about sex, you know, all the time now, um, it's pretty it's pretty wild. But life has a very funny way of giving you the medicine that, you know, you need. So yeah, I'm really grateful for this journey because, you know, it's obviously important for the work we're doing, but I've gained so much personally out of it. And there's actually a great book I'm reading right now by a pelvic floor PT. Her name is Tammy Kent, mm-hmm. and she wrote Wild Feminine. And she also has books around motherhood as well. And it's a different entry point into this work more from a both physical but also spiritual lens and hmm. fascinating if you're trying to figure out how does this unlock your creative potential and you know what does it mean to actually connect to our bodies because i think to your point that's the phase and the like the piece of life that we're all seeking right now is like okay what does it mean to be embodied what can it do for our mental health for our physical health and i think for many women tapping into our pelvic floors which have been shut off both like sensation wise, but also intellectually for so long, I think is really, really critical. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that we've been just so taught to shut off from our bodies, to not tune into them, to not trust them. So to learn to re-engage with them, to be empowered with the tools to take care of ourselves, it just feels like such a different shift in thinking from what we often encounter when we're talking about female bodies. And certainly what I was raised with in terms of messaging, yeah. whether sexual or otherwise, it's just something that we weren't always encouraged to do. So yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Of course, And we will link origin and everything in the show notes. And I mean, follow along on your 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 social and your branding is gorgeous. So, where can they find you you online? And your blog will also
2: link in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is such an important work that you're doing and conversation. So, I'm grateful.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you. I remember feeling so foreign in my body after having a baby. There was a real disconnect that was tied up in so many factors body image, struggles with my feeding journey, and just a sense of my body needing a different level of care and rest than ever before, but also that care and rest felt so inaccessible during that time. So often we don't and can't take the time to care for our bodies, especially in the postpartum period. We don't rest, we hop right back into work, or resume caring for older children, and can push ourselves too hard. And this pattern we fall into of not listening or tuning into our bodies can have a long-term impact. I know so many moms who think that they need to just accept the symptoms that they're experiencing. And this can often stem back to a lack of awareness and education about what our bodies go through, what signs to look for, and how to connect with our pelvic floor. It really does remind me so much of the way we collectively view mental health for moms. We've certainly come a long way in terms of stigma and open conversations, but moms still overlook their own mental and physical health. Providers and care teams should be doing everything we can to support moms and make it easier for them to access care. I am so grateful for companies like Origin that are paving the way to change the healthcare system for moms. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, on the stigma around pelvic floor health, and what you've gone through on your journey. If this episode resonated with you, please take a moment to leave a review. I value your feedback, and I'd really, really love to hear from you. And if you, like so many of us, are in the habit of putting your own needs on the back burner, I want you to know that you matter. Our mom therapists are always here to help you recognize and advocate for your needs, mental, emotional, and physical. Book a free 15-minute virtual consult at momwell.com slash booking. That's momwell.com slash booking. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week, where I'm being joined by Vanessa and Xander Marin to discuss their book, Sex Talks, Conversations That Will Transform Your Love Life. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you right back here next week. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for resources or links from today's show, or you need a refresh on anything we've talked about, visit our show notes. You can find the link in the episode description, or you can head directly to momwell.com/learningcenter to join the Momwell email list and be the first one to know about new episode drops, insider info, or freebies. Head to momwell.com/newsletter. Join me next week. Until then, remember that you have to be well to mom well.